Trail Base Awards. Work with the Locks with the Bloomberg Team of Commerce for August the 22nd, 2020. My name is Aaron Pope, your host, Anchorage, along with Rev. How you doing, Rev? Fine. That's a good thing. Life is good, sir. And uh, uh, Scott, how you doing today, sir? I'm blessed, too blessed to be distressed. <laughs> That's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Anyway, we're broadcasting live on Ferguson USC Hot Talk Radio. Don Carlos on Beautiful Ferguson, Missouri. At the Greatest St. Mark Church Complex with the Reverend Tommy Pearson, Mayor Tommy Pearson, Pastor. And without further ado, prayers with Reverend Alan Lyons. Brent, go ahead. Smile our heads. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for such a wonderful gospel. How did Christ die for our sin, was buried, and rose again? By continuing believing to the saving of the soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. And Heavenly Father, we thank you we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit convicting the spirit all over the universe to get saved before they ever, before it's ever too late. And Heavenly Father, we know you can do everything but fail. We ask you to bless all the sick in the universe and let them know you're still on the throne and that everything is under control and is in your hand. And we're just looking for you to bless us as you have. And we thank you for waking us up this morning. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Amen, Ralph. You know, you able to go the morning time. It's a good thing. Life is good. Well, Rev, what you got for us today? We still in Revelations? Uh, we out of Revelation. We're going to start. We starting in John. I, John, the, the fifth chapter. And the topic is faith is the overcoming principle in the world conflict. See, mm. we got a conflict out here in the world. Oh, yes. And that's that pandemic. <laughs> Everybody hollering, everything you hear about is the pandemic. But we got another uh, thing in the world, which is the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believe that. And that's it. That's the, uh, that's the answer to the world conflict. And we just go out, we go going on through this uh, scripture saying, whosoever believe it that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. And it's not talking about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> for whatsoever. Hey, Rev, just for clarification, explain to people who, who John was. It's very important to know who, 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 who the author of this book of John. Well, John was uh, Jesus. He was Jesus' brother. And uh, he, uh, he met Jesus on the Isle of Patmos. It, that goes in the revelation but uh it's a it's uh when you're born again 
you can be Jesus anywhere. Because he said, anywhere two or three gather together in my name and agreeing, he'll be in the midst. Amen. So he in the midst of us right now. And we know that he going to take care of us. And we know the answer for this problem in the world is everybody need to be born again. Become a child of God. Then you, you are safe. And you cannot be touched by this coronavirus unless he see fit for it to happen. And the people, they playing, they still playing. God is warning them. He constantly telling the people, be born again before it's ever too late. Because when he come, he's coming quick. It's going to be so quick, it's quicker than the batting of your eye. So people need to be born again. And then they go on to say, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. By grace through faith are you saved. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. This, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. That's when he was on Calvary's cross. And that blood and water that came out of his side is a sign of the new birth. And that went out, it didn't go on the ground. People think it went in the ground. No, sir. It went into the people that's in the universe. That's where that blood and water is applied. When they hear and believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then they go on to say, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he had testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. And you hear all these people talking about, I don't know where I'm going when I die, and, and I don't believe the gospel. This right here is telling you where you go. When you die, if you die, you're going to hell. But if you go to sleep, you're going to heaven. That's why I say you already have passed from death into life. 
When you believe the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are quickened right then. The moment you believe. He that had the Son had life. And he that had not the Son of God had not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And once you're saved, you're always saved. You can never be lost. And here's the proof of that. Go back to John 4 and verse 4. It said, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Look out! Come on, man. And it goes on to say, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know it, that we have the petitions that we desire him. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he should ask, and he should give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And if we know that we are of God, and the whole world lie in wickedness, and we know that the Son of God is come, and has given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Whatever you do, continue to believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that makes heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. And you will never be lost. Well, Rev, I tell you one thing, you know, if anybody has any doubt, you know, that listen to us around the world, well, especially in this country right now, let's put it this way, right now we got fires in California. We got uh, hurricanes coming on the coast, on the East Coast. And in the middle of that, we still got the pandemic going on. If, if God ain't talking to us right now, we wouldn't know who is talking to us. And he tells us right there what you're saying, how do how you get, get right with him? See, God... God already told us that He's warning us every day. Yes. He's warning us every day. And if you get if you get lost and go to hell, that's your own fault. Yes. Because the gospel is not hidden to you unless you lost. Mm -hmm. But the gospel is being preached daily everywhere by the Holy Spirit and by all of God's soldiers in His army. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm one of his soldiers. And I'm going to preach the gospel. <laughs> All the time. Well, Rev, we all soldiers, <laughs> myself, you and Scott, because right now we're preaching to the whole world. So they need to be understood. If they have any doubts, I can say, look around themselves. And what they hear from us here in our, on our station today is two words that they can look around them and, and feel what is taking place. And they can say, God is at work. Yes, sir. All the time. All, all the time, you know. And, that, and that's the good thing about the Bible. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not, this was written over 4,000, I mean, many, many years ago, okay? And it still holds true. Who could, who could think, okay, that all that's taking place right now could, could have been predicted way back then when Christ walked this earth. This is just truly amazing all by itself. These, these people, God is constantly warning. He's telling you, be born again. He tell it, he's steady telling me, my son, I'm the son of the king, and I'm telling you about it. Believe his death, burial, and resurrection, and you pass from death into life. Right where you lay, stand, sleep, wallow, in the water, out of the water, up and down, round about. Believe it. Okay, well, let me ask you a question right quick. We got about a minute so to go here. How can a person right now uh, get on the right side of God and you know, what can you do you know, that they do today, okay? Can you put them in, you know, in good standing with God right now? Well, the scriptures say you can do nothing to be saved. It just believe on the death, burial, resurrection, and that saves you. When you hear it, believe it. Okay. Well, Rev, that was real simple. Okay, I want to thank you again for you know, a beautiful message on a beautiful charity here in the city of St. Louis and Scott. On that note, uh, listen, Ferguson, USC, HotTalkRadio.com. You can check us out here. I'm not sure about you, my conference. Life is good.
You're on. Life with the Missouri team of commerce on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Hope that the weather tonight where you are, and I, I just said earlier, uh, uh, right now uh, we're in the middle of a crisis. Like if you're in California or anywhere on that, in, on that West Coast there, these fires, oh my God, they come every year, but this is going to be uh, with the dryness out there. Please, if you can help out people out there, you know what I mean, just pray for them because uh, their homes are being destroyed totally, totally, and that's that's something that you cannot imagine that you can uh, in that to understand what is going on. And then on top of that, uh, on the East Coast, we got uh, two hurricanes approaching the East Coast as we speak. And they can be hitting, you know, hitting over the weekend and the next couple of days going into the week. Okay, matter of fact, some of the rains will be coming up even as high as uh, St. Louis here. So again, uh, you know, this, if you ever had a doubt about we have a God that's alive and well, and then in the middle of that, uh, we always ask prayers every Saturday. We want to include those people also. But for the prayer for over 175,000 families who have lost loved ones, you get that number 175,000. Just think about a family of four. You know, at least someone listening to the dinner table. Then you got to think about you know, their cousins, uncles, their parents. Because now, their kids are now starting uh, to die from this virus. Matter of fact, here in Missouri, uh, starting uh, Monday or this weekend, I should say, uh, my God, we have, a, we have a, a governor here right now who's kind of uh, in, in line with Donald Trump, with President Trump right now. And so uh, the county executive in the St. Louis Mayor, Mayor Carolina Cruz, uh, have put out a mandate that he is right now, if they're going back to school, they should have all masks. Know, and it's very important because they've been told that kids didn't have a could not contact this, a contact this, and it's really. And but in the last year, in the last couple of months, okay, over a million kids have been involved, you know, in some type of way with this. Schools have been closed down around the country, and that's one of the things uh, we don't understand. And then plus on top of the one that's died, we got over half a million people, Americans, well, being contract, contracted some kind of way with the virus, either they uh, went into the hospital with it, or in some uh, normal forms of it. But it's also been proven that if, if you have a, uh, if you're uh, infected by it, it has a, a you know, effect on your life you know, for, you know, for some time to come. So it's not just something that, that's going to get over with, and all of a sudden you're going to get up and start running around. Uh, that's what the wish would be, but unfortunately it's not. That's why this is some very serious thing to do. And that's why I said um, we find that the young people going home to their kids, you know, uh, their parents, their grandparents, and also the number I just gave you, 175,000. Well, there the news reporting now that there's another 20 or more thousand people, okay, that are, that have contracted the virus, that have died, and most of them. The bad part about this, this is taking place in the black community, the Hispanic community. Uh, most of them underserved communities for lack of better description. So that's why this is something very serious. Uh, you know, uh, and, and these are wise that well, most of them live in close quarter houses. Uh, most of them got family generations in the same house. Uh, that they're, I'm talking about going from the grandmother to the, to even great grandmother in some cases, down to the kids that come home from school. And so when a kid comes home from school, he brings that home. And it's like with everything gets in that house, okay, then it starts to, like the flu. And speaking of the flu, if you can't get your flu shot as soon as possible. And I suggest that now because 
and to, as this pandemic spreads and the flu comes in, uh, there may be a shortage of flu shots. So right now, rather than wait around to the last quarter and, and say, well, I got to get a flu shot, I think you should uh, start making plans right now to get it, to get to get that done because it's not is it with it not it the flu season is definitely coming our way and like I said in some cases it may, it may be real to be prepared and also one of the things that uh that we also need to understand is that uh when we said uh that the flu shot well that's something that's that kind of kind of help you because you don't want to get the flu and virus at the same time. And that would make matters totally, totally, totally worse for a lot of people. And also, uh, while we're going through all of this, okay, you know, around the country, I mean, like that, people are continuing to die, the rules are uh, people are trying to send their kids back to school right now. And this to me, okay, uh, if I was a parent, I got grandkids, and uh, most of my kids, are, my kids are adults, and some of them, you know, got, got small kids, and they're, Torn with the idea, especially my daughter down in Georgia. I have two uh, two grandkids there, uh, and you hear this thing about uh, if you if you uh, if you homeschool, that's not what I'm saying. No, if you do it virtual from home, you can't uh, you can't play sports. So I got two of my grandkids down there who are involved in sports and basketball, and football, and they wanted to, they want to go to. And so my daughter right now uh, is trying to comply the best way she can, and she's not the only around the country that's having that same discussion around the kitchen table. Because again, this virus, again, in, in the South, it, it's just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's no, no, no relief in no time soon, because really, uh, there was talk of a, of, a, of a virus cure from Russia, which right now is being, being, being tested and so forth, the results don't look good. So again, these are the same things that we are facing on an everyday basis, we up every day, you know, and, and, and then that matters, it matters worse. One of the most reliable things that we have had for years, and Scott, you've been really not talking about this for the last month or so, is the postal service. Yes, the mailman, the, the guy comes by in a little white truck, okay, there's a little group of box on the corner in your neighborhood where you drop your mail off. If you can't go to the post office, where you receive your mail, you receive your medicine if you, if you get stuff through the mail. Uh, well, nowadays, in some cases, you couldn't go to the hospital and of course your doctors. The mail in was always going to get your, get your medicine. So now with, with, the, with the post office having an intended slowdown by all, you know, by all indication, uh, so now uh, yesterday they had a hearing, uh, matter of fact, this is kind of interesting. Uh, you all recall that uh, uh, McConnell, the, the speaker, another, another majority leader in the House, the guy in charge. Well, he has said that the House, the Senate, would not come back until after sometime, sometime in September. Well, they had a hearing yesterday, but they did it virtually, and that was caused because the Democrats have forced, you know, the votes mass coming before them on a hearing on on, uh, on Monday to the, to address why. The cutbacks are taking place. If you watch any portal, okay, the, the postmaster uh, general, okay, he was very, very shaky in the answer that he gave out. Uh, you know, these were some friendly questions that were been asking him, not to real detail, but he did admit that they had taken the machines out, taken the machines out of places, 
They have removed mailboxes off of corners. So I want to see how they're going to, how they're going to deal with putting those mailboxes back in place. A lot of places okay the mailbox in your neighborhood because really you can't go to the post office. Uh, uh, I mean, and, and right now uh, the post office is still open, but again, you got to how are you going to get there? And for those people who don't have cars to go to the post office, the mailbox normally enough there for neighborhoods. And then on top of that, okay, the people who get the, the normal checks once a month, or twice a month, or sometimes you know, like now unemployment checks come by the mail. So now you're slowing down this down all because President Trump is trying to avoid losing the election you know, come, uh, come November. And he thinks right now about having mail-in ballots, which people have been doing for years. As a matter of fact, uh, the first pastor general yesterday said, guess what? Hey, I vote by mail myself. And guess what? President Trump votes by mail himself. So again, okay, this is something, something that, this should not be a discussion right now. This should not be a discussion. Right now, uh, the president is trying to see, plant seeds uh, of you having distrust in the mail system. This has been around since the constitutional days. This is how important mail has been for so many people, especially in the rural areas. Because out there, they don't, even, they don't have hospitals in most cases. And so the doctors, you know, send the mail to them. And so, I mean, not only just the mail, but they check for them to go to, go to the stores. I mean, a lot of them don't have bank clothes on, so they, so, you know, they don't have bank accounts, so they go, they, they do it the old-fashioned way to me my check. And I go down to the corner store, where I get a cash, and spend real money. And needless to say, uh, while this is going on, in the background, the $600 or $1,200 that they been promised, you know, that was out there, uh, their families needed, uh, has not been, been made available, and, uh, 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 you know, and so that, that's not a that's not a good thing right now for uh, for what's going on in the in the world. Uh, and I'm saying that to say is that we need to understand that uh, this is something that's very serious that's going on, and we should also understand that God is in in the mix at all times. So please open your eyes up, call your your, your mailman, let them know what, what's going on, and, and, and that. And that need to understand that uh, uh, you are me, your postmaster. Matter of fact, everybody knows the postman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we talked about a couple of days ago, we talked about just that. We when they have these fires in, in, in community, when they have these shootouts in community, people get shot and killed. The next day, the mailman comes to the same house, the same neighborhood, every day, right, right on time. It's like nothing ever took place. And these are people we talk about. We need to have in our lives. Every day, every you no, know, every day is a step or something. So, but, but again, uh, please, please make sure that you contact somebody and let them know. And your congressman or your state senator, I mean, no, your state senator, call them up. Let them know, hey, I need this. I need this. And also, this past week, uh, we had a. This was really, really interesting. Uh, the uh, every four years, the Democrats and Republicans have the uh, 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 conventions, national. Conventions and this year, the Democrats had scheduled to have theirs in, uh, in uh, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. And as you all know, the virus hit, and so in a convention, you have thousands of people, you know, who will be who will be in attendance, and they will be, uh, you know, balloons, hats, you know, speeches, you know, and everybody camaraderie, one on one, on top of each other. 
and the more crowded is, the more better it is. Well, this year, and we all know with the pandemic hit, those things had to change. So the city of Milwaukee uh, made some changes, and they could not have that, the, the, the buildings in there that couldn't accommodate more than 50 people. So right now, a couple thousand people, I mean 10 or 15,000 people in the same place, was not going to work for them. So what they did for the first time in our, in our entire history, we had a virtual national convention in Wilmington, uh, Delaware, where the president, uh, 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 nominee, elect Vice President Biden was, along with, with uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President, the first black woman to be nominated, and also in Milwaukee, where the, uh, where, where the convention was supposed to be, and I myself was very impressed with the way this went off. I was very curious myself how this would work, how this would work out, how it would go, and I think like most of us was. And I gotta say, uh, even Fox News, who normally is very critical of the Democrats, and then they do, felt that this was a very, very impressive job they did. This, this, uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, a lot of the stations covered this, and, I, and they got some good numbers, you know, if you're a viewership for cable, for regular TV, and you know, all kind of ways. Watching our base. Well, hold it. Anybody know that's my dog. Headed to walk, and guess what? The mailman just went by my house. See, <laughs> Scott, my dog liked the mailman too. <laughs> there you go. And I, and I real know, know Mr. Mr. Bubbles real well, not you real? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Mr. Bubbles on his yard. Mm. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, the convention uh, was beautiful. Uh, they had uh, President, um, I should say, first, former First Lady Obama. Michelle Obama gave a great speech the first night. Yes, and then from there on, we had uh, uh, President Jimmy Carter, also President, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Bill, Bill Clinton, and also also from Secretary, former Secretary of State, uh, President Commonwealth. Nominee last time around uh, Hillary Clinton, and also from uh, the uh, Mr. Obama, President Obama, our president. And in, in doing that, they had a lot of other people that were involved who were former Republicans or who were unhappy with the way things are going in their particular cities, particular towns, the way things are taking place. And in this, you know, this year is kind of strange political year, and then never before have you had these many uh, people from a Another party wanted to be involved with another party's convention, so it was very a rarity what we just saw. And I, I and like most of you guys uh, around the world, uh, we are looking to see now, uh, starting this coming Monday night, how the Republicans uh, do their virtual convention. It's kind of interesting. At first, because first they were going to do it in Charlotte, then uh, they were told they couldn't uh, gather that many people in a place at the same time. So the president moved it down to uh, down to Florida, and then they said we can't have that many people in place down here also, and plus it's a hurricane season, and so now uh, it's up in the air to some degree because uh, legally you should not have it at the White House because that's not uh, not a place that you do uh, political business. But if there, if there was rules to be broken, President Donald Trump is your man. So right now. There's a discussion about having it on the, uh, you know, on the White House grounds, which again is legal, illegal, but so, so be it. 
there was talk about having him receive his speech, you know, at the Washington Monument, that's where he was speaking at, that was knocked down. And now there's talk of having one of the buildings, government buildings in D.C., where it would take place. Now, the interesting part about this facility they're talking about using now, it's right around the corner from the Trump Hotel. Can you be there, Rep? And in doing that, okay, the hotel rates already gone to 50% already. So again, as we all mm-hmm. sit back, you know, and this should be a spectacle, and we're talking about how this went, went, went uh, last week, next week, on this coming Saturday, God will, how this actually took place, how it went over, you know, and uh, we were excited about seeing how it goes. And right now, uh, right now, as we, as we uh, uh, prepare for that, uh, in most places, we're not sure, not sure, okay, how things are going to take place. As we look at uh, our neighborhoods, uh, here in St. Louis, like most places in, in the country, we have a, a, a real problem right now with crime. Mm-hmm. Crime. And in St. Louis, uh, and also in Kansas City, Missouri, we are a mecca, a joint point from people all around the country. And I give you a good example of how, how that works out now. The biggest thing taking place right now up in, uh, uh, up in, uh, what's that, uh, re, 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 Scott, they had this motorcycle yep. convention. Where was that at? Okay. The motorcycle uh, convention? Where was it? That was at Sturgis, South Sturgis. Dakota. Yeah, Sturgis. Well, they had over 200, well, they had almost a half, a half million people that showed up there. And 95% of those people didn't have no mask. Not, they didn't have no uh, social distancing. And uh, this went on almost a week, okay? So now, uh, <laughs> the, the state that they had this in, they're saying, okay, as you go home, please get tested before you leave. Uh, when you go home, make sure you get tested. Well, as we had this conversation, <sighs> easy to say, people are starting to pop up with the virus in other cities. And these people came from all around the country, some places from out the country to be here. This is the annual get together, you know, and, and I love it. I, got, I mean, I, I mean, in my life, I rode a motorcycle. In fact, Scott got one right now, but he had a little special motorcycle, Scott. Not just a motorcycle, he got a special motorcycle that he rides. And so it's in that, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, a good thing to have to get out there in open air. And so if they're coming home to all these different states, we're going to see if this is going to be an increase in. in, in in the, in, in the numbers in, in, different, in different cities. But I will tell you this, here in the city of St. Louis, uh, we are surrounded uh, by you know, a lot of parks. Like I said, this past week, we had a couple of weeks ago, we had a, had a convention, and that's how we had our uh, state fair, you know, in, uh, in, uh, that we get have every year. It was kind of small, small attendance, but we had it. But in the Ozarks, and they see a lot of college campuses uh, shutting down in some cases because uh, the young people uh, are having, well, you can say kids and be kids. So when you go on, on the college campus, one of the things you're gonna do is have some parties. That's why they go to school. You don't have to be wild and have fun, as they call it. We just have fun and they have these parties. And so now, in most cases, they forbid them to have on the, on the college campuses. They have them off the campuses. And needless to say, uh, down in, uh, down in, uh, I'm gonna say that's down in North Carolina, South Carolina, but Chapel Hill is with, with, down there. Uh, they had to cancel the rest of the college year for kids that were on the campus. They were all stay at home, which is, which is, uh, not a good thing. 
you know, for you to be sent home when you just got on campus. Because as I recall, one of my most famous times in life for me, a famous time was when I went, went to school that went on in campus, you know what I mean? To uh, the Forest there out of the day and got on campus, okay, that was a big thing. So right now to go to campus and then come right back home, that is not a good thing to have take place for you. And so that just goes again to show you uh, as some of these college campuses, actually football seasons have been uh, shut down in most cases. Uh, one of the people, uh, one of the, not people, one of the, uh, the conferences that includes the uh, Missouri football team, we with the SEC, and today they have not, they said you know, they're gonna have a season, you know, and they wanna play football, and we're gonna see how that all plays out. Uh, I will say uh, here, here in the Midwest, Oklahoma, some other states are making it very hard by their teams, you know, and one thing they're finding there is that when a football player goes off campus away from the bubble, things happen, and they get around other people and bring it back to the team. Now, you should bring it back to the team. We're here in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, oh my God, they lost so many games because they were postponed because we only played 60 games this year. And so, and so, and, uh, so, so in a 60 game season, St. Louis is missing at least 15 games, okay? They had to double here, it's not crazy. All because when they, uh, 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 they didn't follow the instructions. And what happened was a couple of players decided when they were out of town that they want to go visit you know, a casino, they want to go visit wherever, a bar or something, and they got infected with the virus. And that affected that whole team, that whole organization. And we became, again, if anything bad to be happened in Missouri, and we, we are people. And so now uh, this, is, this, this is taking place uh, and we're playing games right now, and, uh, and you know, and we're not we're not following the rules. But I think right now the, the players who who uh, you know who, who did it, we got you know we got quarantine. Uh, they were trying to keep the secret okay, but you know it all came out exactly who did what. And so now uh, we're seeing that take place. And also, uh, talking about our state of Missouri, because we talked about Missouri in quite a while. Uh, we just had an election here a couple weeks ago. Uh, for our Democratic uh, nominees in our primaries. Here in the St. Louis, St. Louis County now, in county government, uh, 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 councilman, uh, former councilman, the county executive, uh, Sam Page, was elected to be the nominee for the, Dem for the, for the general election uh, in November. Well, in the last couple of days, he has fired one of the, uh, the top black females in his office. And in firing her, in firing her, okay, he has uh, he has alienated the entire black community right now because for what he did. And so now, how is this going to affect the election come November? We don't know. But what we do know, this is not a good situation. And 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 again, okay, this happened after the election. And so now, uh, as, as the word comes out, there are some things being said that, uh, you know, uh, there are some things that she had done. It always amazes me after the fact that the thing that she had done was related to how black people, minorities, as you said, would get contracts in county government. So this is not over, which is how this plays out. And also, uh, 
you in the St. Louis area, uh, our downtown area. Oh my God, we uh, in downtown St. Louis. Uh, if you look at it right now, uh, real uh, Scott, how can we describe this? We got all these barricades downtown. How does that look to you? They got the East Bridge blocked off. Yeah, with the barricades. They don't want, that's a city owned that uh, bridge now, and so they got it blocked off. And that's to keep that traffic from coming through there. Yeah, and, and downtown there, you know, uh, they got uh, people doing, uh, you know, uh, but let me say the digress. What happened is uh, last week, a young lady was driving back in, in a truck, and, this, uh, and a car was going 100 miles an hour ran right into the truck and ran stoplights, and, uh, and the young lady got killed. And so that's when you had to draw the daughter line. Now, kind of find out the person who was driving the truck said that, uh, uh, just as you, he was saying that somebody was trying to rob him, he tried to get away, okay? And so a light was taken. And so now the city has had uh, all the parking lots downtown, most of us just said, become in uh, uh, party, party spots where the people have motorcycles there and they have uh, race cars doing wheelies and all that kind of stuff, you know, and and, it's, and people doing downtown, okay, just, and they can't see it. That's unbelievable, a bad time to be in downtown St. Louis. And so now, downtown St. Louis is where all our conventions come. If this had been in the middle of a baseball season, this would have been very, very, very much a big mess. Because on most nights in baseball season, you have all the time people down, downtown and also, I would, would be remiss, okay, that we have a hockey team that, was, that, was, that would have been playing downtown in, during this time period. And they, was, they do have their fans. So, again, uh, this is something that uh, uh, we got barricades downtown trying to you know, uh, change the flow of traffic uh, down to one lanes. Uh, we have more police downtown. And remember, uh, we talked about this couple, uh, for the last month or so, that in the bill that the Republican senators refuse to look at, you know, there's money for the police department. So what this means for St. Louis, our police department has to now take money to make sure they patrol downtown now with extra officers, you know, and extra manpower to be downtown. Taking away from the neighborhoods where crimes are going crazy. So again, uh, this money that's being held up, but not just for St. Louis, for all cities, like, like Chicago, uh, New York, all cities have this, not just a St. Louis problem, but we know more about it here because this is where we live at, you know. But uh, this is something that uh, needs to be addressed, uh, hasn't been addressed, and uh, we're waiting now to see how this will play itself out. Now also, uh, uh, what we're going to do here, Scott, uh, we're going to take a small break, and we'll come right back to lunch with Missouri Team of Commerce, and uh, we'll continue this discussion. You listen to Lunch of Missouri Team of Commerce for August the 22nd, 2020 on a beautiful, uh, not quite hot, uh, here in the city of Life good now. We'll be right back. Oh, we all got That's the reason why. Question number one. What can I do? Question number two. What can I say? Try to let you know. I appreciate all of the ways you give me through the 
never would have thought I would be here. A heart with no scars. A face with no tears. How can I thank you? How can I show you? Wish I could get the whole world to know you. If they only knew. You are the one that gives me the air to breathe. Uh, and see, I can't deny. You're the reason why my life has a melody. And even when I sway. Not only that, but how could you see the days and my nights, the pains in my life, but now it's all right. Cause you were there for you me. You gave me a chance when I had no chance. And when I needed help, you yeah. gave me your hand. So now they need to see just what you mean to me. And if you ever left me, Go ahead. You're on. Black with the Mizzou by Team of Commerce. Black chat, she said. Mizzou by Team of Commerce, where it's beautiful. Shared in the city of St. Louis, and we're talking about uh, some of the problems that we have with issues when it comes to uh, crime, you know, and, and things that are you know, being affected you know, by all of us. And another thing that's affecting all of us is the, uh, 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 you know, the money in this field that we're talking about. That's been held up. There's money for uh, for the schools. Uh, as we mentioned before, as you go back to school, schools have to almost be retrofitted to be able to you know, accommodate children coming back. You know the, the teachers, the cafeteria workers, you know the bus drivers. There's so much stuff that goes into these schools that they have to be, be that, that again cost money. And these are things again that's going to run their budgets over uh, and create problems, but so going back to school is not as simple as you and I would think so if you're, if you're a administrator or a principal or superintendent, or you're a teacher, uh, you're, you're debating, do I want to go back to school and teach? And, and in these cases, 
especially in Missouri now, since you're requiring kids now to wear a mask in class. And I'm not being funny when I say this. Uh, one of the things that the kids got, you can really chime in here, if we were told not to do something or to do something, we did exactly the opposite. That's what kids do. Am I right? Am I right on that? Well, as a kid, yeah. Yep. Hey, I mean, you, if you think we're going to... mask, guess what? The first person in class that's going to be the, you know, the bad, the, the, you know, the, the wise guy, he's going to put his mask off first and see who follows him. They're going to play with it? Before gonna... you know, you got a whole classroom full of masters people. Oh, they're going to trade them? They're going to be playing with them? They're going to... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we're not going to trade these guys. In their words, a kid may have a cheap mask. He, he's a, you know, he's like, you know, when I was a kid in school down south, uh, we would you know, carry our lunch, you know, and, uh, if I, and I had a nice lunch, and they had some I wanted to trade our lunches. So right now, they would trade masks, okay? <laughs> And yeah. then you got a designer mask, you say, hey, I like that, brother. And you trade this, you know, and so forth. But having said that, these are things that a teacher has to control. Can you understand that? A teacher got to control those kids and still teach them how they need to get along and then teach them something for them to learn. Yep. It's difficult. It's difficult and being a teacher anyway. Right, I mean, we have a problem with, with adults putting masks on. And, and in some cases, you have parents that ain't gonna wear no mask. So now, they're took it down to the kid. My dad ain't wearing a mask, my mom ain't wearing a mask, why should I wear a mask? Well, yeah. the kid, you got a problem right away. Now, what did that, what, what did that tell you? Okay. <laughs> but again, you know, going back to school is not as simple as we as, as it seemed to be, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, uh, that's that's going to be a, a, uh, a well again. We find ourselves again sitting back, watching how this whole pandemic plays out. Cause nobody knows the answers. And if I was a teacher right now, I would. If I was close to retirement, I probably <laughs> you know. And, and, and keep in mind, uh, without already been proven that uh, the, un the underserved communities, which is most most cases, know the. Uh, uh, the black community, the Hispanics, and you know, people like this, brown skin people, I should say, they're the ones that being hit the most. Now, by the way, masks are not free. I mean, they are not cheap. Okay, if you don't have any money and you, and you don't have the money that you expect you're going to get from the government, you know, that $600, you know, or the $12 that was, that was proposed, that was stuff kids could go to school and, and, you know, and the parents could buy things, food thing, and masks for them to, to prepare them for the, uh, for the, uh, for the, for the for coming year. So again, at this stage place, you know, and then on top of that, uh, all right, you still got to understand that in some cases, uh, you're going half a day and they're rotating and all these things, as you go back and forth, uh, this, this is not so like in Chicago, even today, right now in Chicago, uh, they have got uh, a church right now giving away free masks. You go a lot of places now, people giving you free masks, giving away masks, and, and they're testing also, because the testing has slowed down, but the virus has not slowed down. So again, you know, if you can't get, can, can get a test, please do that. Uh, there are some places that, you know, that's, uh, that's cutting back in our state of Missouri, but there are some, some states that are still testing, and you can, and, uh, and unfortunately, 
you come to the test and there's been this delay of a week to two weeks in some cases. Well, in my case, man was out. We, we late, my wife, we got the same day, and a man came back six days, and we got her, she got hers. And then I see her wait a couple of days. So again, you know, uh, there's been, now there have been some good things we talked about last week on the show, that in NBA, uh, uh, in NFL, in NBA especially, they have to develop a test and get results in, you know, in less than 24 hours. Now, that's the way to go. And so now, that's probably a bit more expensive. And also, matter of fact, here in Missouri, uh, we did a test, the chamber did, uh, we gave some free tests in a way with one of our members, there was a doctor down, down here, you know, remember up at the, uh, I think, uh, 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 the Presbyterian Church, they seen the system in their, in, their, in their facility, and, and Dr. Dr. J was able to get those tests done in you know, less than 24 hours, matter of fact, almost on the spot. So I, that's why I have a problem understanding why some, you know, have it, some don't. And, and if you're a senior citizen and you lock into your house, you are in bad shape. Because what we were doing here was going door to door trying to make, make, these, make these tests available to the people who can't get out. And that's another reason why, again, we are finding that uh, in our black community that uh, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. Matter of fact, I won't name no names real, but you know what I'm talking about. I went to a barbershop yesterday. And we all came in the door with masks on. And we had people sitting in the shop who didn't have masks on. Was that a good idea? No. I kept my mask on. I mean, I kept my mask on the whole time, you know, and that was a good thing here. Hold on one second here. Come to me, sir. Hello. How you doing today, sir? Is this Robert? I'm um, good, how are you? What's wrong with your voice? Well, I've been talking. <laughs> no, man. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, no, I've been talking. Your voice is fresh, as you can see. Matter of fact, I've been talking more this week than I have in a long time. How is that? Well, I had so many conference calls. Had a couple of Zoom calls. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know about those. Yeah, yeah, you can't remind me, Charles, you know, when, uh, when I was, before I retired, you know, I was in so many meetings, like you were, we had so many meetings all the time being city government and stuff, you know, doing, doing things in the community, and we were always, always talking, you know, and, uh, you know, some, in those days, I was always stuck on a call drop, you know that? Mm-hmm. And that would lubricate my, my, my vocal cords. So right now, yeah. as we have this conversation, Charles, I thank you for, for reminding me, I'm about to get a call drop. <laughs> gotta have one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have those call drops. Uh, when you talk a lot, you know that's when your your thoughts get crowded. But anyway, uh, anyway, so much we had okay. You know, Mr. Bright is a very personal friend of mine. You know, and uh, we go back, you know, many many years. I think today's local six eight eight here in the city of St. Louis. And uh, Mr. Bright and uh, like myself, were many, many, many many, many hats. And today, he, he's put on a new hat today, okay, and hopefully for some time to come, uh, with the United States Census Bureau. Now, who says census? Well, the census is so important, and I thank Charles, you know, for taking the time on the charity. You know, also, he's a, in the city of St. Louis, he's also a civil rights before the agency officer, which is a full-time job, especially nowadays, you know, doing a lot of things, you know, and, uh, 
But right now, uh, he's taking the time from this man on the theory to discuss the census. Now, Charles, just for the sake of people should know what the census is, but this goes back to biblical times. This is nothing new. We talk about it all the time. And when Christ was born, uh, he, had gone, he had gone back you know, in those days to where my father you know, was born at in Jerusalem. And they were taking a census, and he was born while he was there. So this is nothing new. They've been counting people for years and years and years. So, Charles, take a minute, please. What is the census? Yeah, the census is um, an accounting of everyone who lives in the United States uh, every 10 years. And it doesn't matter if you are undocumented or if you are uh, a citizen, uh, everyone is counted as being living in the, in the United States. And that's done every two, 10 years. Um, and it's by law. It's in the Constitution that we will hold this accounting of everyone every 10 years. And, and also, okay, in the 10 years, this information they get is, is so important. Uh, this year, like, like every 10 years, they sent out, the census sent out forms in advance. So it had a, had a whole process for yours. Yeah, so uh, it, it begins probably a year or more in advance where they will work with neighborhood, I mean, I'm sorry, they'll work with cities and towns to sort of figure out how many people live there and their addresses and their streets. And then they're doing mailing uh, to everyone. In fact, they'll do several mailings, trying to get them to fill out the census and mail the form back. And the form is only about 10 or 12 questions, so it's not that detailed. Uh, but it gives, it gives you a sense of who's living in, and they do it by census tract. They don't do it by ward, they don't do it by neighborhood, they don't do it by um, uh, uh, government, they do it by census tract, and everybody lives in a census tract. So what it does is it helps them understand the, the area that you live in and what services you need and therefore what dollars to appropriate to your particular city or town. And so that's one of the reasons that filling it out is so important because we've calculated in the city of St. Louis, each and every person is worth $1,300 in dollars that may come back to the city for all sorts of activities, whether it is senior programs, and that includes food and transportation, by state, public transportation, all of those rely on federal dollars. Our city recreation department relies on federal dollars. Our school district relies on federal dollars, including food nutrition programs, overall federally funded programs. And so having an accurate account of how many people live in the city of St. Louis and their income level, and if they're renting or their homeowner, um, and their age allows the federal government to have an accurate snapshot of our city and be able to give dollars to our city for those services I just mentioned. And one final thing is, it's everybody who was born on or before April 1st, because that's when the accounting really starts. And also, Charles, you mentioned uh, the, uh, you know, did my voice change a little bit there? A little bit. Okay, thank you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Okay, anyway, uh, the, uh, the census also uh, includes 
money for our police departments, money for our, our highway infrastructure, you know, stuff like that also is determined about the system that you know, about, about that. You know, that and, and right now every every city in the country needs that type of money, you know, for their you know, for their fire departments, you know, for their hospitals and stuff like spend that off of jobs. Well, I say I said a little differently, and, and thank you for, for, for adding those other things. Virtually everything that happens in the city happens because of federal dollars, either appropriated directly to the city or appropriated through state funding to the city. But to some degree, earmarked based on um, the tabulations from the census. So you're absolutely right. Uh, our hospitals receive federal funding. Our roads and our transportation infrastructure, uh, which include our streets, our, um, you mentioned even the planning department to, to begin to, to, to build our infrastructure, yeah. all yeah. receive federal dollars. And our neighborhood associations receive federal dollars. So when we see some of these neighborhood associations uh, that are active, they, re they receive block grant funding, but block grants are done by the federal government to the city. So all of those things that you mentioned plus all happen because we fill out uh, our census form. And then the, the final thing that actually happens, uh, Ira, as you know, is um, that's also how wards are selected, or I'm sorry, drawn. So at the end of the day, um, the census will give the city of St. Louis um, an accounting, a number that says, this is where people live by census tract. And then we will utilize that, the Board of Aldermen will utilize that information and draw uh, their ward boundaries. Yeah. So you not filling out the census means you're not there. Even though you may vote there, it means by the Census Bureau, you're not there, and therefore you're not eligible to be counted in the redrawing of wards, which happens every 10 years as well. And also, also, what, what, what the city does, I'm taking a click down, even down, down close to Charles, they get that number, and they're the fact uh, each ward should have X amount of people in, the, in their wards. And that's determined, okay, on the census tract. And that way, in some cases, you know, you look at the city wards, some might be a smaller, some might be maybe bigger. That's because they had to have a bigger a bigger uh, boundary to get enough people to, to go into that to meet the number, make them equally everybody else. Am I right on that? Did I put that right, Charles? At, at that, absolutely. So, again, if you did not fill out the census, you're not counted. They only count for people who fill out the census. And so that's why some of the north side wards look so big, is because they have to draw the boundary. So, let's say, let's say there's 300,000 people in the city. You divide that by 28, and that's the number of people who have to be in each ward. So, if you don't fill out the census, especially if you're having difficulty on the north side, if you if you don't fill out that census form, then you're not counted. And so, the ward boundaries have to be larger um, in order to accommodate that fact. So, we're really trying to push really heavy on the north side to get people to come out and, and fill out the census. Uh, there's two easy ways to do it. My2020census.gov, or and most of the north side is doing it by phone, which is a toll-free call, eight four four three three zero twenty twenty. Make the it. phone call. I'll do it uh, three times, right? Uh, yeah. th <laughs> eight four. 
Toll free, 844-330-2020. Finally, toll free, 844-330-2020. Yeah, and, that, and that's so important for so many reasons. Uh, you know, and, and also, you know, not just North St. Louis, but we have a lot of uh, immigrants that move to our country. Uh, we got certain pockets, you know, like uh, we have met, I think we have one of the large, largest, Property tax, we pay all kinds of taxes. That's our money. And that's the important thing. Thank you, Ira. 
that's our money that we're actually going to give to some other some other city or town versus claiming for ourselves because we didn't fill out the census form. And we have until September 30th to do it. There's two ways of doing it. You can do what's called self-reporting, or enumerators have already started to hit the street, and they're in your ward, they're in your neighborhood, and they're wearing census information uh, and a mask, and they are out trying to reach the people just like we are, because we're doing canvassing and hanging door hangers to remind people. So we have until September 30th to do this, and, and we just want to make sure we get it done and get as many people as we can uh, counted. And also, people should ask their neighbors, you know, did, uh, did you get counted? You know, uh, not just, they should ask their kids. You know, a lot of times, you know, kids, you know, when you go out to school, uh, you know, you, you know, we still call up on home where our parents are. You know, I know I did it, you right. did it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, so still make sure that, you know, your kids, you know, the big, if some are all going out to college, make sure that you count, make sure they are counting. You know, because they live in your yeah. house. And when they went in April 1st, because it was home for the pandemic at that time. That's true. Uh, everybody should have been counting. They may do some recounting as, as schools come back in play. But one of the things you, you reminded me of, it doesn't matter if, if the, as of April 1st, if a person was living in your house. So you had, as we used to call them, you had a couch surfer, somebody may be homeless, or they got kicked out of their house and they're staying with you, they count in your house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that, you know, we have situations where a whole other family is living with us for whatever reason. Uh, I ran into a, a woman um, Wednesday or Thursday, I was out canvassing. She was staying with her friends, and she was in, I was in a fire, and, I, and I, I couldn't get out of the house with my census form, what do I do? Here's, here's the online, and here's the phone call. Either way is fine. And she said, thank you. But, so she, she needs to do that, but she's living with somebody else, so that doesn't matter. If, you, if somebody's living else, somebody's living with you, go ahead, include them. Uh, if they've been there since April 1st. You know, I'm sure, you know, uh, why you saying that, okay, you, you know, since uh, April 1st, uh, there has been a, a, a uh, St. Louis, I should say, and that most of it has been hard hit with the pandemic. And, you know, a lot of people have lost their apartments. You know, some people were evicted, some places they not being evicted for the time being. But they're also looking for to move to places in advance. And so right now we're having more people coming home. Like we have a grandmother there, a great-grandmother there. Then we got some the kids and some grandkids and, and the parents there, you know, wherever there. And these people need to be counted in that household. Because, and, yes. and, and now this took place, uh, took place by the way. It's taking, it's taking the thing that we speak right now. You know, people know uh, right now, you know, you, you know, get a new address for like better description. And, uh, right. I've got new addresses as we speak. And so these people can be counted more so than anybody else because these businesses, you can talk about, okay, we'll go to them. Yes. Uh, homeless services are included. Health, uh, our health department and our homeless service department are included in, in the federal funding, as is our senior service, uh, senior services department, which is uh, St. Louis Area Agency on Aging. All of those are federal dollars. 
because right now, you know, uh, you know most people are not aware, well, we don't remind them of it, that uh, the uh, 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 senior citizens who are spread out all over the, the most senior cities uh, where they've been doing some testing. Those testing information, that costs money also. And so they kind of put those, those, those tests in the areas, okay, where we, can, we know over here, okay, that we got people over here. And we're going to try to make sure we accommodate those people. And also, Charles, uh, we left one of the biggest things out here that uh, that every 10 years, every 10 years, every 10 years, every 10 years here, the uh, politicians, the politicians, like uh, Charles Jackson, yes. Bill Yon, that when they redraw the wards, that affect the local community people and automatically in those cities. Yes, it does. The, yes, and, that, it does. The, and that affects the state representatives and state senators in those districts because they they district got to be drawn accordingly to the to the look at three hundred thousand people, you know that's in St. Louis. Well, that would determine uh, how many. So I just told about the state senators and the state reps, but then that form would go up to how many congressmen we will have. And last, and uh, ten years ago, ten years ago, we lost yes. a congressperson lost because. Uh, because the, uh, the census count was down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the year before, okay, so I remember that was the time when St. Louis had, when they had 10 censuses. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And so now, okay, that, that number is diminishing every year, so it's so important, and, and what that does, that gives you equal representation in, you know, in, up in, uh, not just up in Washington, D.C. Because now, right, you still get just the same, we all get two censuses no matter what the census be. Even if they get two senators by law. But the state representative I mean, and the Congress people, that changes depending on the census track. And that would be good for the next few years. Yes. And so we'd love to have more Congress people uh, representing us in, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. And so there's so much that goes on just by you filling out that simple form with 10 or 12 uh, questions. Um, it really guides life in, in St. Louis City, it's true of St. Louis County, for the next 10 years. Because I don't know of anything that you do every day that a census dollar doesn't have a role to play in what you do. Whether, you're right, whether it's transportation, uh, whether it's roads and street improvements, whether it's, it's home building and housing and homeless services, everything, healthcare services, Everything you do is touched one way, shape, or form by you filling out that census form. And like you have until September 30th to do it. Like the fire departments, you know, they just get money from stuff up. You know, they, they determine how much money comes in. You're looking at the, uh, 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 you know, most cities have got the maintenance workers that make sure the streets are clean, the trash pick up. I mean, we go, we know yes. that. And, and we think city services, you know, people think we just, well, I don't get this, I don't get a whole lot. If there's a pothole to be fixed someplace, if there's grass because someplace, I mean, you know, if someone drops dead someplace, I, I fall down in the street. And him there's that grass, you know, he know they got to come back and pick that person up, take the hospital. I mean, yeah, just because it's called city block grant dollars, the block grant dollars are actually a block grant is a federal appropriation. So while we say, well, city block grant dollars pays for that, but it's actually coming from the federal government based on the census uh, to, to provide those resources. So you mentioned something earlier on in our conversation about the, about the planners that 
when it comes to the planet, how, how, how that affects the planet, you know, how that affects you know, the cities in kind of, uh, not just cities, just small towns. But we're saying here, every city, every town, uh, every little you know, community has a mayor, a county executive, uh, either got a board of aldermen, or they got some county, some trustees, council people. All this is determined how many they have by the census track. Yes. Um, so, it, and so the, the, the issue is, depending on the size of your city, you may end up not having any resources. If your people didn't fill out their 2020 census form, your resources are going to go down, which means appropriately, your city is probably going to go down. And so some of the things that you talk about in terms of planning, how do you plan for progress? How do you know where streets are supposed to be? How do you know where houses are supposed to be? Um, and their dimension and size based on how many people are, in that, in, in, are going to expect to be in that house. So a lot of things are done by our city planning department. Uh, and so, again, you lack the resources, you decrease the size of your planning department, which has a very negative effect on the planning process for houses, for road improvements, uh, streets, etc. You know, Charlie, and they're really, you know, here, here in the state of Missouri as a whole, our legislators, we just passed, passed Medicaid, Medicaid this past week. No, not this week, yeah. a couple of days ago, yeah. well, you know, this month, I should say. Now, here's a pretty good example, okay? Those were billions of dollars that the state of Missouri lost out on. And even say they got, got billions of dollars from their health care, that's because our legislators, just sitting here, sat in front of that. They did not want to take the money. And guess what? That money, they said, ain't no big deal. We gave it to somebody else. And so, and so for the first time, you're in the program that's about, Missouri said, we want our money. But that's not going to help, going to help people right now. We're testing, we're hospitalization. We're, you know, we're just, we're, you know, we're, we're just doctors in the community. Because people are aware in, you know, Jordan, in the rural areas, Areas. This is more important. This is more important than this for the cities. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, it's issue of, of for, for, for rural areas. The the interesting part is that's how. So let's talk about the business end of this. Um, you're not going to put a hospital somewhere where nobody lives. So even though there are people there, if the twenty, if the census doesn't tell me that you live there then frankly you don't count. So that little hospital that I was thinking about putting in your area, I look at the census and go, well nobody lives there. So why am I why am I why am I wasting my money and my resources to put a hospital or a clinic or an emergency uh, clinic there? And so uh, and the same is true with businesses. Businesses use the census to determine where they're going to locate. So you have a situation where, uh, you know, like we have now, one of the reasons we're trying to push up the north side census is because we want people to know we live here, and therefore you should put your business here. You know, one, one of the biggest things in the last 40 years for North St. Louis has been the NDA plant that, uh, that, that no, not plant, you know, facility that, right. just, that, that is being built as we speak. And 
and it went there because the assistance track showed they had had no people there for the most part. They had vacant land that they looked at. And so now, right. ideally, we will have, have those vacant houses those lots being built on wood houses now and with hospitals coming coming up there, business and stuff that would be there. And and so as you're a developer in some other cities, which a lot of people are who had the money, they look at well, according to the census track, they don't come to your city and ride around a neighborhood, okay? They go by the census track. They say, Well what we see here is vacant land. There's no people here. And they go out of the census track. As a matter of fact, you know, you and I both have split at the census track, you know, for developers, you know, for developing, you know, there's some homes and stuff, you know. As a matter of fact, when I, I took some land that was vacant at that time, it's pretty much in the you know, North St. Louis Gas Tank Square over there, and started a development house. But I started off this building there, then other people followed my, followed my lead. And guess what? Now it's right. a private neighborhood now. But it, but it all started with some census information which, by the way, is completely confidential. No one can see your actual house and what you filled out or turned in. All of it is generated by a census tract. So no federal government, no private entity has the ability to see what you filled out in your specific house. What they can see is the general area you live, the census tract, and what, um, what was filled out by a group of people. But that's what they will do. A business, a corporation will say, I think I want to locate uh, in a particular area. Let me see what the census number says, uh, how many people live there, what their average income is, do they own or do they rent, uh, do they have kids, you know, how the size of the families. That's what they're looking for. What is their, what is their average income? That's what they're looking for to determine where to put business. But Charles, we're gonna tell our dirty business to the whole world here, but like here in St. Louis, uh, we have a Centene Corporation, one of the largest corporations in the country that deals with the, that deals with the, around the world with the line of country, especially, you know, for what with with our with medical with you know, with a med, uh, um, medical you know, uh, services. Well, yes. they they looked at North Saint they looked at St. Louis as a whole and saying, because they got people who wanna move here from other places to their corporate offices and stuff. And someone was saying right now, I love, you know, the schools there. I love, you know, the capacity of houses there. And this stuff, they look at really cut the same rules. And so this is like recruiting to your cities. I mean, oh, it, is. Know, it is. They, they go back. matter of fact, you know, uh, as we travel, you know, you know people not flying like they used to. Well, you know, you fly over someplace, you can look at you know, land and you don't see nothing. But if you drive, you see, when you go to any city, they have the population on the side, you go to this, like, you know, you come from the St. Louis area, you see St. Louis, Missouri, X amount of people in that city. Or you drive around in, in St. Louis County, okay, you'll find out there's X amount of people I know in the, in the where I live in, out here with the tears, and so on. And, but that all goes by your census tracks. It all goes back to the census and how many people fill it out, because it does, you're right. It is a, it is a way of showcasing your city. Uh, we have, this education level, we have this uh, these number of people who uh, are in school or college or university. We have this many homeowners. We have this many renters. It is a tool that cities use uh, to market to other entities like corporations to get them to come to St. Louis versus where they already are. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said those systems is used 
in so many ways, you know, uh, and, and, and the good part about it is, it don't cost you nothing to do this. This is free. Absolutely free. You know, no one, no one, <laughs> big brother's not looking over your shoulder, or someone saying you got to do this, you got that. You can put out your own at your own leisure. Right, doing it by phone. It's a toll-free number. Doing it online, you already have the resources to do that. So yeah, this is completely free. Even if you find your census forms and mail them back in by September 30th, that's completely free because there's a, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a postage is already prepaid on it. Yeah, and also, you know, in case you forget to do that, uh, that's why the numerators are going around now can remind you they're going, they're going to locations that did not mail those forms back in. And, and yes, and, that started about a week, uh, a week or ten days ago, and so they are going out in neighborhoods all over the city. Um, and, and the I'm really looking for the people to, to fill out the census. Yes. Yeah. And, and the county, and, and, and doing this, and the county. Yeah, all they wanted was a couple minutes of your time. So, and anybody answers the door, you know, at over eighteen, you know, no kids can, you know, should be answering this. But if you're eighteen or older. They can speak for the house. Well, how many cousins you got here uh, living here? Like, you know, right now, people you know, change the cities right now from other places coming to St. Louis. You know, right now, yes. from other, other parts of the country. Yes, and, that uh, is true. And, 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 and that's a good thing for St. Louis because that means that, you know, our population would, would go up. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are, which is what we really want. We want our population to go up, uh, and we want we just really want everybody to be counted. And so, um, if if there's a problem at all, you know, the Korea will try and fix it. But we just really want everybody to be counted because we think it's so important for all the reasons we've listed today. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense. And and also, it, it would does or it empowers you, okay? To say that is my congressperson, that is my senator, that is my uh, alderman. This is my state rep. My state rep. A state senator, you know, and 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 you, and, and, and you claim them not by you putting any money into the pot. You claim them by by you you exist your mere existence, your mere existence. Okay, as a person in, in the county and in, in, in the city where you live at, and I enjoy this in rural areas is so important, especially you know, and we got rural areas like Missouri, we got St. Louis, we got Kansas City, we got Springfield, you know, some other large places. Okay, but in between there. We ain't got nothing. Yeah, you you talking about like Haiti and places like that? They're struggling, and and they need federal dollars. I would argue probably because they don't necessarily have the uh, <laughs> they don't necessarily have the tax base. So they really need to have all of their people be counted in census for them to get goods and services. Uh, but again, it's us against them. So the more people we get turned out. The more people that fill out their census by September 30th, uh, the more that we have resources available in the city for the services that everyone needs. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone this morning, okay, with, uh, with you know, some friends of mine, Bishop down in, down in Haytown, in Kenner, Missouri. And unfortunately, for Missouri, Primus uh, Scott County is the poorest county in the state, in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, so they are desperately in need and won't need to be counted because they cannot afford to lose any dollars. True, now, they, they true. They can lose a penny, not a dollar. Let's take it down. In, 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 <laughs> in, 
Uh, Ira and uh, Mr. Charles Bryce Bryson uh, just uh, got cut off. They'll be right back. Stand by. Nigeria as a country has the highest density population of Afro-descendants on the planet, I believe. And I believe it's around 200 million or something. I need to check the exact number. Wow. It's a big number. It's a big number. And there's like out of 9 million, 10 million, something like that just in Lagos alone. They really wow. don't know. They really don't know how many people are there. And it's part of the disarray of the uh, ability to be administrative over managing the people, food, currency, housing, uh, 
uh, uh, public services, uh, utilities, all that kind of thing, even though they have many um, infrastructure challenges and things like that. On the other hand, in the United States, the census is a tool for us, particularly from the business side, to say, you know, we got these, this many people in this situation. It's not always just an ethnic thing, but part of it is uh, geographic, where you live, how, and, and the disparities that occur. But it's used to establish budgets. How much money is going to be dedicated to uh, some rural uh, element? You know, we really have no idea of how many people are in a particular place. And unfortunately, it has become more relative to electoral votes than it has anything else. And it should be that way, but that's where the squeaky wheel gets oiled based on who is after that vote or who is listening or uh, uh, attached to the disposition of the people that live there. There's a whole lot of dimension to it. And I'll just add that the National Black Chamber of Commerce and our Federation of Chambers, we're partners on it. We believe in it. I, I know that's why right now for the next couple weeks, okay, uh, Charles or someone for the census we going to do every weekend. Uh, Repeating this discussion over and over again, the more this repetition is okay, but it's Chuck just said, Charles just said. If you notice this, okay, they both said the same thing coming from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. You know, you're, the only thing that you do, uh, like your street lights, you, you pick up with your trash, you know, your just your maintenance of your hospitals, your police departments, your fire departments, everything that you need, okay, depends on the numbers, uh, how you get your services. From the census. You know, Chuck, I know where you were there up in, up in, up in Maryland there, you know, that uh, uh, you probably got people out there, they were knocking on doors like you, like you are here. And around the country, trying to make sure you're the county. They do that in some places where they have a challenge on getting respondents. Usually, that's in the uh, inner city. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, uh, it, it, there's been a Phobia. Well, back in the back, I don't know, the twenties or thirties, way back, there was some concern about how many people were living in one under one roof. And even now, in this day, this day, the um, people that are, I guess, was just say undocumented, are yeah. afraid to be counted or to let it be known. You know, and we've got probably one of the biggest, best, I'm going to say incubator of citizens or, 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 or residents, you know, citizens implies they're documented, but boy, it is, this is one place you can come to, hook up with your, with your tribe, and get some seeds to take root, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's all, it's like uh, Indians or Russian or Eastern Europe or uh, Latin Americans, you know, they they can get here and their people will support them and get them going uh, and allow for them to have a have a fighting chance. It's not, this is one of the few places you can do that. You know, in uh, Japan, for example, well, you could, they, they really will 
very concerned about uh, if you were coming there to work and monitoring. They, they don't want you taking no jobs away. They you cannot own property. There's a number of places even in Africa where you can't really own property, and they're just starting if you're not you know born there. And they're just starting to get uh, wise on how to use that as, as uh, in investment, you know, how to, how to take advantage of it. Uh, and if you notice, too, there's a few countries that if you invest so much money there, there's small places. Like, for example, I think Turks and Caicos is one of them. If you put a million dollars in the bank or some amount of money in the bank, they'll give you a passport and citizenship. You know, they want you to come there. They want that money in there. And that's why we have some students in our country that have dual citizenship. You know, for, for, that, for that very same reason. You know, you know, Chuck, you brought to mind something you just said. You know, even this country, up until maybe about the last 30 years, okay, uh, there was, uh, like in New York City, to give a good example, that foreign investors could not could not buy buildings uh, in, in New York City in, in most of our major cities okay like down in Texas and stuff and that that that, that uh, curtain came down and that's why now we have, we have China and places like that owning so much so much you know, prime real estate in, in this country not in that check go ahead they they created a thing called a I believe it's an EV5 or an EV15 EV5. EV5 visa. And if you put, and there's a website where you can go and get all this information, but if you put, for example, something like 500000 I'm going to say down, or invested in something, and you could uh, document how many jobs your investment was going to create or what you were working on, you could come on in. And then there was a version of that for your your children to become students and a whole family thing uh, that was with it. But it was really designed, again, to take advantage of an economic uh, play to get not only more money, but to allow for people with money to come in. And that in the, you know, the, the, the behind the scenes thinking was that they're not going to be draining off public services you know a lot man there was a thing for a while on the opposite end of the spectrum where if you could get across the border from mexico or somewhere if you could get if you could get in here you could man you could go to the hospital you could have a baby if the children are born here they're citizens you know there's a there was a whole lot of back in the uh, cuba days of uh cuban exile all you had to do was get your feet on the ground, get out, get get out of. That's what they're calling wetbacks. You know, people had to come off of, uh, out of the ocean or across a river or something like that. And boy, if you got your feet on American soil, you were good. So they started trying to interdict them with boats and things before they got on land because it just got crazy. It really got yeah. crazy. You know, Chuck. One of the you mentioned about the EBF program, Brother Man. You know, uh, I work. You know, back with my good friend down in John Ricks down in uh in Houston on on a, on a project I was working on, and, and in in that program, the way it actually works, okay, you could come up uh, with five hundred thousand dollars. The Chinese will make that available to them, uh, to you. You in turn have to get uh you know, 10, uh, 10, 10, 10, 10 gold visas, you know, visas, 
So Chinese said, okay, to come into the country. And, and then they were, that's how they kind of, so kind of calculated that. And that's one of the things that uh, President Trump used that very much to the advantage of building some of his buildings and stuff, you know, hotels and stuff in this country with the EB-5 program. That's what it would call. Yeah, and it led to things like, so for example, I'll give you an ex uh, uh, one example of how it didn't go the way they thought it would. So let's say you buy an apartment building and you put out 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollars and buy this real estate and fix it up and all that. But they were turning it into, like the Russians had these, and Chinese had these birther complexes. So they might charge $50,000 to uh, a family, a woman or something from China or Russia to just come and stay in one of these townhouses, condos, apartments, and stay there and be cared for, and they pay a, a, a significant fee, but to have their child here. And then they have the baby gone back, but the baby is a citizen, and there is a relationship between the child that's a citizen and the parent that isn't that they get fast-tracked and they can get uh, they can get into college in some cases they're getting scholarships for uh, I, I don't know where it is today but it used to be in California it was free well you know Sean that, that, that reminds me about the DECA program that, that was created of all those families that grew up in this country that were born in this country like you just said you know, and who uh, who should have been automatically become citizens, like this, they're going to be on our land, so to speak. And so in, in case like that, you know, if you're born, like when they have a baby here, that is how that baby to all the services that our child would go, we go to the hospital. That's, that's because they, you know, he was, she was born here. And then, and then that's why, you know, some of the programs that the federal government has been fighting against, you know, and unfortunately for our country, uh, Charles Enchuk here, this is making our population go down in, in our country. As opposed to it growing like it has been in the past years. Well, I think you think I think you see several things. Number one is you see our population going down. Uh, but I also think you see uh, and will continue to see uh, higher food prices. Uh, you know, let's be honest about who picks all of the fruit and the vegetables. Um, it is a lot of, of migrant workers. And they've been allowed to come into the country and basically do that. And and when you try to keep them out, what you end up doing is, uh, A, you see a lot of food left, and, and that's all over the country. You see a lot of food left in the in the ground. Or they're letting it just uh, um, not be picked. And and you also see our food prices beginning to go, go up. So you've got a pandemic. Um, what people are trying to hoard food, basically, and I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but you also see less food being available because less food is being uh, uh, picked and, and farmed. So you've got a, several things going on, none of which are good for our country. You know, there's big demand, Chuck, get me out on this, okay? You know, a lot of the employers uh, uh, would get you know, temporary visas for workers to come in, you know, I can. I can like Napa Valley, or like down in Texas, you know, where they do, you know, a lot of, a lot of harvest and stuff. And they would have those, on, matter of fact, and in, also in the, in the uh, uh, hotel business, hospitality business, they have people come in on good temporary visas that, that, that come in primarily just to do, they call them work visas, for lack of a better description, 
and they used to say, well, we don't have time to educate them. We're not going to, we're not, that's not what we're doing. We'll do it for you, but we're going to have to do it with our own people. So there was no added value to having a particular company, a uh, big name and all that, come in and do the work for you. And then when it's done, they're all up and out of there. They're gone. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that in some other places where it has a, a real negative impact. But Chuck, you know, the fact that we have a company kind of being a man like Netanyahu, who's a president of Russia, prime minister of Russia, he was educated in our country. The president of Syria, he also was educated in this country. He went back over there because their own country okay and did what they're doing now. So, 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 so again, you know, our country has been utilized, you know, for duty different visas, like student visas, okay, and, and they now uh, they are trying to get the thing is home again here. You try to get doctors and nurses and medical people to go to rural areas now. So in some cases, they're saying if you teach uh, in a rural area, you know, for so long, you know, your education is forgiven and with hospitals and doctors and stuff. George Larry on that a little bit, you know, man. Well. See, that's that's where they're caught up with us. Well, not caught. They're caught up in their uh, disposition with us because they've been going to schools here. They've been uh, getting educated, and uh, I think the president of China went to Iowa State or somewhere like that, if I remember correctly. And he, you know, he went to school with some of our elected officials. They know each other well, and so they're the, the game and how it's played. But they came here and became part of the system to understand how to take the elements that they want and benefit their homelands, but still maintain that 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 control. And, see, and that's why it's so important to our people to understand what we have available to them over people from foreign countries see us as having the best of the best. But we have people in our own country don't don't even don't, don't see that way. We, uh, we, we, we've taken it for granted for many, many years. And uh, unfortunately, in our foreign policy, we have historically, and it's, it's documented, we, we go other places and tell people how to live and what to do. But unfortunately, it's driven by a capitalistic uh, uh, premise. So for many years, the wars and who was going to be uh, in power or president or dictator, whatever, was who was friendly to the petroleum companies. All that stuff in the Middle East has a heavy, heavy variance about uh, balance of power as it related to fossil fuels. You know, and it's, it's shifted a little bit. And, you know, the fact that uh, Tesla's been able to break through with an electric car to the degree that they have is, is earth shattering. I mean, for many, many years, you, you could get, you had to have a whole lot of money in order to overcome all the barriers and hurdles and things that they put in, put, put before you. Um, so, I believe now, it's just me, I believe because we have all these folks coming in from other places and becoming part of it, I really think in the long run we're better for it. I mean, that's, that's where, where the, um, land of the free, home of the brave, you know, and, and that democracy piece. Uh, when we were in Cuba, it was really, uh, it was really obvious 
that influence because they're 90 miles from the United States. They've all, almost everybody knows somebody that's going back and forth, got family or people that got out and they got the, uh, uh, the legal clearance and the proper documents that to be able to go back and forth. And you can get American radio. I mean, we had BET and MTV and all that on, on cable TV in the hotel. They weren't necessarily let back then. They weren't necessarily letting it out uh, to the general cable uh, uh, for everybody to get. But it's gotten much, much better. And so this whole theory and, and principle around the, uh, the blockade isn't having the effect of what it was intended to. Plus, it's over 50 years old. You know? So, so the world is evolving. And um, I know we were touching on policies and other things that are going on that are being brought about in this election. And you're going to see as soon as the election is over, the, uh, the talking points and all that are going to shift heavily. You know, it's, it, we're going to see what was real or what sticks and what it. I, I really believe they're going to stop talking about the uh, pandemic and it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, like, from a media standpoint, it's going to go away. And all of a sudden, uh, it's going to start dying down in the number of cases and all that. People, people are already on the move, on the move up. You know, if if you don't do anything more, like where I live, I'm kind of like on a uh, one of the landing patterns, or where you get in the get into the landing pattern for uh, Ronald Reagan Airport. And boy, most of summer it's been like quiet as a church mouse. And you know, I can go out here now and say there's probably one about ten o'clock, twelve o'clock, four o'clock, maybe six p.m. You know, it's picking up. It's picking up. I mean, things. There are signs that things are picking up. The, the amount of traffic that's on the street you know, that's going on. You'll see it in in your own environment, one way or the other. You know, that's where I I, I just caution everybody to hold on and stay. You know, stay true to what you think and what you feel, and don't necessarily, as we say, drink the Kool Aid. They're trying to serve you and tell you what to think or what to feel. Okay, when Charles and when Charles, both of you, Charles is here, uh, Mr. Bryson, uh, uh, again, give me about 20 seconds. Yes, I'll say thank you for coming on the show today. Well, I, I always appreciate being on your show, and I just want to remind people to fill out their 2020 census. Uh, two ways to do it you can do my2020census.gov, or you can make that phone call, which is toll free, at 844 330 2020. You count. Everybody counts. So let's get that done. Thank you. I think we're going to have a whole lot of discussion about uh, things leading up to the election. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot to come out and uh, some of the interesting points about who's being, uh, who's not being talked to that, mm -hmm. that is vital to both sides of it, mm -hmm. uh, but I am very uh, vigorous for life, and I salute and applaud everybody that's made it this far, but it ain't over yet. On that note, I thank everyone that's much for the Limitian Conference for the August the 22nd, 2020. Life is good, and we continue this conversation next week. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.
Successful yeah. Yeah. 